0: The car you drive every day should be fun.
1: But it has to do the boring stuff too, like commute, be affordable, and haul your groceries.
0: You can have both, and we'll help you find it. I'm Todd. I'm Paul. And this
1: is the Everyday Driver Car Debate.
0: Way back in podcast number
1: 38, we covered initially a car debate for dads, but we thought we'd do it again Mm -hmm. because a few of you have been writing in... And we've got Matt and Joe both writing shopping for their dad, which I think is so cool. They have very cool. Yeah. Different price points here, rather different price Mm -hmm. points, but that's okay. I I love that you guys are thinking about your dad. We've got Matt. He is, uh, not sure where he's located, but his dad has a hard stop at 75 K that I'm promptly going to blow up. And then, uh,
0: (laughs) of course you are.
1: (laughs) But, uh, what a lovely list of things you can get for 75. And then we've got Joe in Houston, Texas, and mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. his dad is looking for a new weekend driver because he's never really had a sports car. So this is cool.
0: I'm glad. Yeah, that's kind of that's kind of the story in both of these cases. This is what I like. This is kind of the dad's reward car podcast, where where neither of these dads have really been into that that much prior, and so it's a step out, Yeah, and uh, I'm excited to talk about both these. It'll be really cool. In the meantime, though, we should talk about a few other things going on, one of which is the fact, that if you haven't heard yet, we are headed to TV. Second quarter of 2017 will be on Velocity on Saturday mornings. Uh, That is starting April 1st. That is not an April Fool's joke. I'm going to go ahead and put that out there. (laughs) It really will be on early in the morning on Saturday, April 1st, going for 13 weeks for season. One, I must bring that up because that's where my head has been. I'm cutting those TV episodes. So, yes, uh, yes. And thank that's you happening. For, we
1: actually, for that. It's, you're hey, doing man, an amazing I mean, it, job. It, you really it's, are.
0: It's exciting. It, it genuinely is. And we just, uh, thank you. We just uh, finished shooting a. Uh, McCon and uh, Mercedes GLA45 AMG piece that is actually slated for television, working on that. We've got a cool drift film coming up uh, that relates to both, and uh, we just got a lot of stuff we're going. uh, I'm mentioning all of this, actually, because here's what dawned on me today. All right. We're recording, actually, a little early this week. We're recording on a Wednesday for Friday release. Uh, Wednesday night is normally when I am up against a deadline to get a piece out for Thursday. I'm not this week because I've been doing so much TV stuff. Yeah. So the thing for all of you to know, and I actually have also been thinking, Paul, you and I need to do an actual update video for the YouTube channel because the folks that don't watch the the podcast, I mean, listen to the podcast, may not have known this. But essentially, we want to keep pushing stuff to YouTube. We will right now as we're under the gun for television. uh, If it it needs to fall away for TV, it kind of is. That's kind of across the board. So we're kind of once every other week right now is kind of what we're doing on video. We're going to try to maintain that. Hopefully we'll ramp up a little bit more in the summer with some more Fast Blast. we got some cool Fast Blast ideas and uh, stuff we'll do in that style uh, to feed YouTube that is separate of the TV content. And then, of course, eventually the TV content will make its way back. To YouTube, So there's a lot going on. We apologize for the slight slowdown in video, yeah, but it's not no. for lack of trying, for sure.
1: Yeah, we're super busy. And by the way, if you guys didn't hear, Todd was featured as a special guest on Mark Green's Cars Yeah! podcast. So Mark has decided to mm-hmm. interview us individually, and it'll be my turn soon as well. But if you didn't hear yeah. that, yeah, look for Todd as a special guest. So uh, I think you had some fun with that, and I'm looking forward to being on with Mark as well. So uh, that, that was, was, cool. That it was pretty up- cool.
0: It ended up being about a 45 minute episode. Uh, we did post a link on our Facebook page to that guy. Uh, Mark has kind of a standard list of questions. If you ever listen to Cars, yeah, he's done. I I was show number 710.
1: Oh my gosh, <laughs> he does he does
0: five interviews a week of people in automotive, a lot of automotive auto, entrepreneurs and racers and builders and all kinds of things. He's covered the gamut of people. So if you have listened to his podcast at all, or if you, maybe if you don't know, he has a standard list of questions that he covers with everybody. But because everybody's got their own story, it's a little bit different every time. So it was kind of cool to walk through it. I'd heard a few of the podcasts prior, so I knew what I was in for. But it was still a really fun discussion. Right
1: on. Awesome. Well, I'm looking forward to that. And uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to my own turn, I guess, so uh, well done. Yeah, and, definitely. Uh, thanks to Mark for reaching out to us, so we really appreciate it. Mm-hmm. All right, well, uh, jumping into this story that has intrigued the daylights out of both Todd and I, as a matter of fact, you found oh, this that's right. yeah. about an yeah, Audi I- engineer. I You just sent it to me just now, and it uh, mm-hmm. was mm-hmm. just pretty fresh information here. I am floored reading this story, and it seems like this should be all over the internet, but it... I guess not for now.
0: Yeah, I mean, we're, we're, we've read it on Forbes. Forbes is referencing it. This is on the 22nd we're recording this. We read it on Forbes. Uh, Forbes is referencing an article that came out of BILD. I guess that's Bild. It's, the, uh, it's a magazine out of uh, Germany. So uh, somebody's going to correct me on what that actually is. But that's, that's the article that's being referenced. This is an ongoing court case that relates to Audi that relates to cheating which relates to dieselgate-related cheating. Now, you may have heard, of course, the dieselgate thing keeps having, like, extra little echo explosions in other parts of the market, you know? Right, right. Uh, Obviously, uh, we we had uh, JP that wrote for us about uh, his experience with uh, the buybacks here in the U.S. Of course, that's now been extended to three liters, and Audi is getting embroiled in it. One of the discussions is the fact that, at least as I heard it, Audi is actually, congratulations, you get the the uh, credit for creating the cheating software, but then Volkswagen used it. However, there's a whole Audi element going on, kind of currently in the courts in Germany, not getting reported on very much. So look, some of this may change, it may be wrong, but this is what we're reading right now on Forbes, that um, there's a kind of disgraced and fired engineer that was told to put a cheat onto Audi vehicles in China, which is interesting because... Audi is a top brand in China.
1: Oh, yeah, absolutely. It's my understanding all the government cars are Audis. If you see a black Audi, that means government car, I, I guess. But, yeah, they're a huge, huge manufacturer there, huge.
0: Yeah, so this, it, it's uh, so there's a lot of opportunity here for, uh, well, fallout. Let's just put it that way. So, uh, so this guy, uh, an engineer for years, has pulled out his trump card as he has been kind of on trial for his involvement. I don't even know where to begin on this. He got I don't either. His name is Ulrich. Ulrich Weiss, he uh, he was fired about a week or so ago because he was an Audi engineer that started kind of naming names in court, and so they summarily fired him. And then now he's back in court, and he pulls out of his own personal safe – a written document that says, yes, we, the CEO and other high end people of the company are ordering you to cheat. Unbelievable. Now, why does, I know, why does he have this smoking gun document? He has it because he was told he was supposed to do it and he, as an engineer, said, I will not. And they said, you better. And he said, if you want me to, you better put that in writing. So the lesson here is, if somebody's asking you to do something illegal, be sure you get that in writing because <laughs> he has now. <laughs> Could I have that in writing with your signature, please? Because as much as denials may exist, here he has an internal document that has CEO, head of R&D, head of quality assurance, and head of product management signing off and going, yes, we are ordering you to cheat with uh, these emissions on the Audi Q7 in China. Right. And he's got this document going, hi, guys.
1: Right. Uh, It says here in the article in the July 2015 discussion, his testimony says that he was asked to cheat and vice refused, and he demanded this order in writing. As you said, his boss went to conference with the board and came back with a written order to break the law, so he locked it in his safe Hmm. and told his people. So he's a senior engineer. He made uh, quite a high annual salary, so that puts him way up at the top and uh yeah. definitely in charge of a lot of the you know the engineering there and you know definitely a senior engineer so also told his people to resist the order to fool Hong Kong regulators and now Audi is accusing him of destroying evidence not properly informing the board but then he produces this signed mm-hmm. statement here to say break the law so uh, yeah he's been fired obviously from Audi. I hope he's put some money away, but you know yeah. I can't imagine that any other car manufacturer wouldn't want him because he's he's proven himself already i I hope his career isn't over he, honestly I hope he knows it doesn't. how to
0: build whatever you ask him clearly yeah well, exactly
1: <laughs> you know i uh yeah i i hope he doesn't um he's not you know sort of screwed for his career here but uh, Audi's China dealers have demanded four billion dollars to cover their losses. Amazing, and interestingly, just the the article finishes up here about the fact that this is largely reported only in Germany so far. But Todd and I are floored by this. I mean, mm-hmm. uh, just the fact that these executives, including Audi CEO Rupert uh, Stadler, he is they they've got this signed order. I mean, smart guy. I mean, he's already a smart guy by virtue of his engineering prowess. Mm -hmm, And then mm -hmm. he says, all right, you want me to cheat? And then here it comes back to bite him. So I'm wondering, are we back to the source? Are we really starting to find the source of all this? We thought it was Volkswagen, but maybe not. Maybe it kind of started with Audi and then that was, you know, syndicated out throughout Volkswagen because Audi is, you know, that they're – Huge selling cars. We love Audi. But I, I hate that this puts a black mark on one of our favorite car brands. I mean, we love Tom's review of the RS6. We love R8s. Mm-hmm. We love Audis. I mean, the interiors have really set a benchmark and I think changed the yeah. the whole industry for the better. Everybody still looks at Audi interiors. And, uh, of course,
0: yeah. Man, you know, well, here mean, they are. And this is one car. of those… Yeah, this is one of those things where you know uh, I have to put if, if this was if this was in print, we'd be putting developing all over it because right. we don't know where the where the reality is in this, and it may all change, I suppose. But I feel like if I'm reading it on Forbes, I I kind of want to want to suspect that a lot of this is legitimate, and yet I'm shaking my head at the just the shock of it, to be honest. Mm-hmm. That you would that that a document like this would exist is the thing about it. I'm thinking nobody. Let's say this document exists exactly as described. Nobody on the high end signing it thought, wait a minute. Is this going to bite us? Here's, here's a document going out with our signature on it. So, I mean, there's one thing if you can have deniability and be like, no, he misunderstood. That was something said in, 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 in passing. He misunderstood. You know, we said make uh, regulations. We didn't say. You could, you could have all kind of deniability. But when somebody brings up something that is like, here's the memo that we signed, that's a problem.
1: Gosh, he produced a document signed by the head of powertrain development that documents four Audi board members pretty much ordering him to cheat. Mm-hmm. I I cannot believe that. I mean, he kept his job, interestingly, at the time and said, "All yeah, right." Yeah. And then, kind of knowing this would come back at some point, it's a nice insurance policy to have, but uh, you know, now he's just mired in lawsuits and all that stuff which can't be fun at man, all oh man
0: um, man oh man i still say that there's actually I, I got it wrong before there's two takeaways here takeaway one anytime anybody asks you to break the law be sure you get that in writing and takeaway two have a safe these are the things to keep to keep in mind have a, and i have neither i have neither a safe nor any documents that tell me to break the law so i i really i got to get to it here i'm i'm behind
1: yeah. <laughs> well, he also told his uh, his people that reported to him to resist resist the order as well. So, I mean, on one hand, he actually did. He got that written document, and he did cheat. But yeah. uh, you know, his job was in jeopardy. Clearly, he could have taken the very high road and said, "You know what? I'm not going to do this. I'm out of here. I'm resigning." But then, you know, then what? You know, it might have never yeah. come out. It might have never come back to come back on Audi. Who
0: knows? It's just the, the ongoing reality of this whole dieselgate thing. And I, I hate to use that term, but it's just been adopted. The whole uh, thing uh, and the layers of it, it never ceases to amaze me. I mean, I there have been people that have rumored, you know, that have said, oh, I think Volkswagen's going to gonna no longer survive. Volkswagen will survive. It's just oh, yeah, which yeah. brands, which brands, how, what kind of resources will they have? I mean, these are the unknown questions because they're they are burning money right now paying <laughs> – paying back, essentially, paying their fines and paying people back and doing buybacks. And I mean, that's just, that's bleeding cash. So wow, that's, there's going to be ongoing realities of this for a long, long time.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Well, uh, jumping into the car debates here with Matt, and I just wanted you to know, <laughs> as I was shopping for Matt, Todd mentioned that okay. we shot the Macan and the GLA AMG 45 just recently, mm-hmm. a couple days ago. And uh, as I was shopping for Matt, I came across a GLA AMG 45 for sale, a 2015. You weren't
0: shopping for Matt. You weren't shopping for <laughs> I was for totally Matt.
1: shopping for Matt.
0: No, it was you a weren't. You were shopping find. for a person whose initials are PS. <laughs> anyway, go on. Sorry. It was
1: It was, uh, It was. was very inadvertent. I just stumbled across okay. this car, and they're right. asking only 45000 for it. It was 7,000 miles on it. Black on black, seriously? Yeah, and I'm wondering. That's a, that's a find. Honestly, I thought that's so a find. too. Seven thousand miles, and yeah. Needless to say, I liked the car, and uh, I'm just wondering if it will suffer from the Mercedes luxury thing of they stay high priced for a few years, and then after that they just drop off a cliff. Maybe, but this is only a 2015 car,
0: so wow,
1: practically brand new. Anyway, so
0: um, you're just- no longer shopping for Matt. Now you're shopping for you. You're See, like, wait a minute, that's a good deal. Hmm. I told everybody. All right, let's it's let's do that.
1: So, it's so hard because we all love to look, of course. And here I, oh yeah, you know, I'm shopping, looking, and then I get you know hard turn on this rabbit trail here. Huh? That's so how much that costs, huh? Search, search, search. Yeah, <laughs> it's it's hard. Uh, anyway, Matt's got uh, he's shopping for his dad. And uh his he said his dad has had some fast sporty cars in the past, but nothing someone that would consider fancy. Of course, Matt is probably Mm -hmm. more of an enthusiast than he is, and has turned to Matt for advice, and now Matt is fighting his biases. So I like that you've listed all the usual suspects (laughs) that you can get right in that seventy-five K range. Well, you've mentioned a sixty to seventy thousand budget hard stop at seventy five, as I said, I kind of blew that up instantly.
0: So, so guess where Paul is, yes. You, for those of you following along with the class, is it 60, is it 70, or is it 75? Where's our friend Paul going <laughs> to land this evening on the podcast? One guess.
1: Uh-huh. Yikes. Well, uh, he wants a coupe, a manual or a good automatic, think PDK, rear-wheel drive, mm-hmm. and some level of luxury comfort. But I'm getting the idea that Matt wants his dad to have something very special. You know, it's not Agreed. about track yeah. thing or even, you know, no. hot canyon no, 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 drives no. like we all do. It's more of spirited weekend cruises. And he said, country back roads to wineries with my mom, not track days or ripping mm-hmm. through canyons. I can that totally see that. tells
0: us so much. It tells us so much about what this yeah. needs to be, Matt. And I, I'm thrilled that you're actually looking. This is a specific kind of car, nothing like your dad's owned before, good amount of money available. I like this this idea a lot. And I, I came up with a couple as well. Keep going.
1: Well, he's chucked out everything American, C7, Viper, yeah. GT350, apparently mm-hmm. not special or exotic enough for him, okay, and mm-hmm. doesn't want the base model of anything. So plain Jane Carreras, if you can call them plain Jane, or plain Boxsters, just not special or exclusive enough. They are very fine mm-hmm. cars, but okay. I mean, I I see that he's kind of wanting to reward himself, and he wants something hot and really special and unique. And here's the list. It's uh, my car, why not? 981 Cayman GTS. I like the fact that he's got the 718 Cayman on here, the Cayman S. Mm -hmm. Aston Vantage V8, Jag F-Type, the Porsches, the 997 and the 991, so S or GTS. By the way, the 991 GTS just came out, which I'm drooling over the Porsche microsite, but I know they're going to be way more than 75k. (laughs) Yeah. <laughs> center lock wheels. They have center lock wheels. Ah, anyway. <laughs> Moving on. <laughs> Moving on.
0: Desperately trying to wrench ourselves forward. Admired,
1: admired. Audi R eights, Nissan GTR, the Audi RS five made the list as well. The Lotus mm-hmm. Evora, which is a very special car. Matt, you even mentioned yes. a Ferrari three hundred and sixty, and then I think in a jab at you, Phaeton plus a yes, repair definitely. maintenance budget, which I thought was hilarious. Yes, exactly.
0: <laughs> exactly. We we could we could get you that Phaeton for one tenth of your budget, but hang on to the rest because it's going to be a ride. Yes. Okay. Uh-huh.
1: Mm-hmm. Exactly. Uh huh. Exactly. So he's asking me for an update on my GTS, and short, long, and short of it, I still love it. I'm just I I look back at when I park it. I haven't had it um, out very honestly.
0: Much. <laughs> honestly, if you didn't still love that car. I think we would have to retire you from what we do. Yeah, I just, probably. I'd have to it hang up. It would be it really, really <laughs> difficult for anybody to be like, you know, ah, the K GTS has just gotten boring. That so person, that person extreme. has no connection with reality. Ugh. I don't. I just don't think so.
1: It's so special. I just. I love it. I'm amazed by the speed. I'm amazed by the comfort. I'm amazed by the dual personality that it has. You can really get after it, and it really still is a comfortable car just to drive on the highway. It's fine. it's sure. great, and then you know the power and the looks and the blue and the, all that stuff. so love it
0: uh-huh yeah <sighs> I, we're, I I'm over here crying for you. actually, no, I'm not. it just <laughs> it just is yeah there we go.
1: Mm-hmm. I'm gonna have to go yep. upstairs to the garage here and look at it anyway.
0: Uh, <laughs> when the podcast is over, Paul's just standing in his garage sighing. Yeah, okay. I do. All
1: it's snowing right. today. It's snowing like crazy. We've had melting conditions, and then it came back to that, you know, real wet, heavy snow that we get. So it's just, mm-hmm. oh my gosh. Actually,
0: at the time we started the podcast, I have a, I have a weather dilemma. Okay. Um, the, the snow is actually, I'm not, I'm not making this up, the snow around my house right now is actually going fully horizontal.
1: Is it really? It's actually,
0: I, I'm not, I'm not oh, sure where gosh. it's hitting the ground. So my question is when, it, when, when precipitation is going fully horizontal, can you still say it's falling? And if so, where is it landing? <laughs> I, 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 this is my question right now. This I, I know this is a weird weather conundrum, but but I had that thought earlier. I was like, for for the better part of the last hour, we had the lights on just to, to see what it was doing in the backyard. And I was just sitting here going – it has it hasn't gone vertical at all. It's only gone horizontal for now. That's Where amazing. is it? It's, apparently, we're having a snowstorm in Utah that is landing in Wyoming. That's what's going on right now.
1: <laughs> it's the kind of snow that piles up in your yard, but it melts as soon as it hits the pavement or the streets. I guess you know that kind. I don't it's know. It's just weird. It is
0: that really, really light stuff. Yeah. Okay. Sorry. Uh, back to back to Matt and his dad's uh, dilemma. We'll try to actually discuss. Look, there's a there's a good list here. I'm gonna I'm gonna shoot holes in a few of them though. Okay, I I think I think the GTR is out. It's just out because there's a comment. There's a commentary here that he wants something special. He doesn't, you know. It's it's a drive to the wine country with the the GTR is gone. It's just it's out. I don't think the Audi RS five is is special enough because the problem with the Audi RS five is that's just a car that enthusiasts know is interesting. Everybody Agreed. else, it may as well yeah. be an A5 or maybe an S5. I right. think it's out as well. Uh, the Phaeton doesn't work here. <laughs> Look, I like, <laughs> yes, ask me about cheap Phaetons, buy the shirt. <laughs> but it doesn't work. So the funny. Ferrari 360 is awesome, but the Ferrari 360 will be an ongoing maintenance car. It just will be. I'm not saying it will be unreliable. I'm just saying ongoing maintenance. That's a lot to bite off, Yeah. Uh, ongoing Ferrari maintenance. So I, <clears throat> that one is on the border for me. And then I'm going to... Uh, I'm going to say something that I'm going to get in trouble for. Uh-oh. I don't I, – look, you don't say where you live. You Obviously, there's a situation here where you're driving to wineries and that kind of oh, stuff. Oh, Cleveland. Uh,
1: farther down. Cleveland. Right here. Oh, okay. All right.
0: There you are. Yes, well, he's in Cleveland, but I don't know that dad's in Cleveland. Oh, true. That's the thing. Not sure. Not so, sure. So, you know, dad's driving to wineries. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe there are wineries in the back country of, of Ohio, but I wasn't aware. Um, I mean, I, I, pick, I picture Napa. I, I realize I – came here from california and so i think that but uh, i wonder if the porsches are special enough i know those are fighting words i know they're fighting me i yeah i I know they are but but i submit to you the following what are you more likely to see in a day just wherever you are wherever you live are you more likely to see something of the porsche brand or an aston martin or a jaguar or a What's more likely to be seen? Hmm, I think the Porsches are more likely, and that's why I say I don't know if they're special enough. They are special cars, and obviously, look, I'm already going to get beat up by you for it. But you know, (laughs) me me just even putting that idea out there is is fighting words between the two of us. But I I really do wonder that. You know, if you pulled up in in a wine look, I'm going to stay with California. You pull up at a winery in your 911 in California, there may be another one in the parking lot. I mean, that's just possible. There there probably isn't. <laughs> the
1: valets might yawn again, you know. Yeah,
0: it's like, oh, good, another guy in a Carrera S, great. You know, I mean, that, I hate to say it. I hate to say it yeah. because they're great cars. Yeah. But they are, from an exotic, unique perspective, which is already rarefied air, a little more common. I know Porsche sure. in common is a uh, difficult sentence to build, but I'm trying to build a case here. Tell you I have what. some other recommendations, but keep going.
1: I'll, I'll give you this. They're special to you when, when you're driving them. Even the less expensive entry-level Porsches feel great, and they're special to you. Absolutely. But they don't look Absolutely. that way to other people, unless it's a RS model or a GT3 or a mm-hmm. 918 Spyder or you know high-end 911 Turbo. The 981, my car is up there. I mean, but it's your car's awesome.
0: I I agree. You know,
1: it's not a McLaren and I admit that, but (coughs) I I'm thrilled with it and I love driving it. So I feel special, but I, I, I see your point. So it's a, the driver still feels special, but it might not, you know, because they are more prolific. So, okay. All right. I get it.
0: So I have, I have four I wanted to mention. Um, and, uh, a few of them are on your list, but I want to talk them up in different degrees. You brought up the Avora, of course. I'm going to mention the Avora. I do think that's a real option here because it's rarer than the Cayman. I, look, the Cayman is is a better all around car than the Avora. I prefer the Avora. I'm a little weird. I do prefer the Avora, <laughs> but the the Cayman is a better all around car. The 911 is a more usable car. Um so but I think the Avore is special. I am also going to say, depending upon because you put the Ferrari three sixty in here, depending upon how focused sports car you your dad wants to go, and I don't get the sense he does very much, but I am gonna say Alpha 4C. Oh. Because you can get this with this budget. Sixty grand. Yes, go get an Alpha Four C. Okay? And and you're not buying the old Ferrari 360, that old F1 technology gearbox. You're not buying into Ferrari maintenance. So it's going to be a cheaper car to own, plus it's a newer car. You kind of get that Ferrari 360 thing a little bit. Plus, I think it's even more unique because those cars have sold, I'm not kidding, by the hundreds. Not the thousands, the hundreds. Have they really? I Yeah, I mean... Like, I last love year, them. La- I'm disappointed. To I'm going to get, get the number wrong, but last calendar year they sold like 450 nationwide. Really? One. So ha- that makes that a really rare car. So I think I, I say the 360s off and the Alpha Four C is on. I don't. I don't know. I mean, look, that's a. It's a carbon tub. It's not a luxurious interior. The other options I want to talk about here are the opposite of that. But if you're thinking a little bit exotic, I say throw out the Ferrari and go Alpha 4C. Hmm.
1: I dig that. You brought that up one time before for another debate. And it's a car I keep forgetting about. And it's genuinely a contender. Mm-hmm. It really is. And it is sort of the small Ferrari. It It's special. You don't see them. And talk about a conversation starter. I mean, man, anybody that walks up to you is going to be, you know, all over it well, and – Yeah, it looks exotic too. I'll
0: I'll give you I'll give you an actual frame of reference from from our our life up here in Park City. Look, Park City and Salt Lake. There is a lot of money hidden away in cars in this area. A lot. Yeah, yeah, that's.
1: And in the summertime,
0: cars you cannot believe live in this area. Come out and you see them driving down the road. McLarens, Ferraris, all kinds of Lamborghinis. You wouldn't believe the listing of cars that is hidden away in garages here. Uh Utah was one of the states that had the most people that bought nine eleven R's and Porsche nine eighteens. I mean, this is yeah, what I'm talking if about. If you
1: can believe it. It's the uh dealership in Lehigh that is the you know, the go to dealership for nine eleven Rs, apparently.
0: So so having said all of that, here's the thing I don't know if you've even thought of Paul. I don't think we've been to a single car event in Utah where we've even seen a four C. Uh
1: hmm. I think it might
0: be all right. All of the garages with all of the crazy cars, I've never seen a 4C. That's how unique it is. So that's why i got to put it here. I have two others I want to bring up that are on the list, but I want to talk about why I think they're really, really good contenders and my kind of favorite contenders from Matt's dad. But where are you with this?
1: I have a super-duper wild card. It's very out okay, there. Great. It's very good. out there, but I want to make a case for it. The one that I'm landing on that I think your dad should get is the Aston Martin a Vantage Coupe or the Vantage Volante, the 4.7 liter V8, you can have a 2013 or a 2012 with uh, 12,000 miles. One is 69,000 and one is 79,000. So that is the range right where you're looking at. I'll bet you can get one of those cars, especially being a convertible top down. If that engine note isn't special enough for you, then I don't know what will be because Aston's in general. If you have an Aston Martin, that is a special, unique, fast, Absolutely. Absolutely. beautiful, unbelievable car. I'm <laughs> I think it really fits the bill here, Matt. I really do. Over the, you know, say the R8, the GTR, Todd's talked about those. F-Type, mm-hmm. cool. Um I'm thinking still high-powered executive and businessman, but with the Aston that is just I'm enjoying life. I'm doing it right. Yeah,
0: yeah, and
1: mm-hmm. yeah, rolling hot into a winery in an Aston. Don't wineries and Astons just naturally go together? Discover Isn't the Aston that supposed Martin to be lifestyle.
0: what's? That's what Sunday's supposed to be, right there. Yes. The wife and I took the Aston Martin to the winery. Done. Sunday is done. But, but honestly, here's here, it's one of those rare times where I, you and I completely agree. I want to hear your wild card in a second, but that was the top of my list as well. I think was the it? Aston Martin yeah. Vantage yeah. gets this done right because you'll never be on a back road and feel like that car isn't dynamic or isn't fast enough. It will be plenty of both. For the way that it will get driven here, it will be plenty of both. And yet it has a level of class and a level of interior quality and a level of event and specialness that nothing else I feel on this list fully captures. I feel like the F-Type is a real contender here, but yeah. it's the backup. It's the understudy to the Aston Martin Vantage. I think the Vantage gets it done. I love that that was your favorite because it's by far my favorite here too.
1: Well, consider this, Matt. It's a body style that has gone unchanged for many years. They never really refreshed it. They did special versions, and maybe the headlight you know cluster is a little bit different, but that body style is classy and beautiful and you can't really tell unless you know from a say an 0809 up through a sure. 20 you don't sure. really know and yeah. they still look beautiful yeah. and classy and they're still building them crazy enough so, I,
0: I honestly think out of all of the cars that Aston has made in the last, let's say, 15 years that have all looked kind of the same, I've always thought that the Vantage was the best-looking one, and I and I maintain that to right now. All the way through the current DB11, Aston Martin Vantage is still my favorite. That's a gorgeous car.
1: I'm on the website right now, V8 Vantage S. It looks the same as an 08. The colors are different. The wheels are different. The headlights and taillights have been refreshed. But that shape is so classy and gorgeous, they still make them so mm-hmm. who's to say your neighbors won't know if it's a $140,000 brand new one or you paid yeah, seventy? Yeah.
0: Done. Sure. Well, and, and here's the thing. I mean, I don't know how far back you want to go. Obviously, look, Aston Martins are going to be expensive to maintain as well, but you didn't have the buy-in of, Fer- of Ferrari, and I yeah. don't believe they will be as expensive as that 360 to maintain. I'm finding them here. If you really wanted to go nuts, I'm not suggesting this, but you can find them for the high 30s,
1: those mm-hmm. early gen ones, the mm-hmm.
0: 06s, 07s, are like thirty-five to forty grand. Are which they that is cheap? Are shocking. They really? It's shocking. I'm I'm actually scrolling past multiple here that are thirty-nine grand. Multiple I'm scrolling by. The the vast majority, as I actually looked, for sheer curiosity, I looked uh under forty-five to see. And there's many under forty-five available. And most of them are running low forties, but there is a there's a handful of them here that are running high thirties. And while I don't know that that's the Aston I would buy, the point I'm making here is, the budget that Matt's dad has, Vantage, done, absolutely.
1: Done. I think you're right.
0: I, man,
1: <laughs> I want one right now. I'm looking on the website. I want the V12s. <laughs> they're,
0: they're gorgeous. They're that's gorgeous.
1: a 200 yeah. mile an hour car. Did you realize that?
0: Well, yeah. The V, yeah. If you want to go V12, you're in an even more special reality. But just the V8 with the one that you and I drove years ago was just a V8 with a with a manual, and it was. Awesome! It was, it was great. It was, awesome. it was an event car. It was an event car. It wasn't. It was, and here it was one of those cars. I know this sounds weird. One of those cars where I didn't feel like I needed to drive it as fast as it would go. Yeah, and honestly, the four C yeah. is very similar. The four C okay. has that feeling as okay. well. It's one of those cars where I feel like at eight tenths, I'm, I'm happy. I'm thrilled. And I, I think that's I what his like dad's I'm, looking for. You know, what? It? exactly. Exactly right. I don't feel like it's a car that I want to go, let's go track this. Let's go see the edge of the – I don't care. I'm having so much fun at eight tenths that let's just enjoy this for what it is. I felt that way when we drove the Alpha 4C Spider on PCH. Granted, that was kind of a perfect day. But that situation was perfect for (laughs) that car. And when we drove that Vantage, we drove it on one of our favorite roads in Los Angeles, and it was just – it was perfect to drive it like that.
1: Oh, man. Even this – oh, I love the wheels. It's so classy looking.
0: So okay, I'm gonna sorry. I'm gonna try to save us because we could we could start waxing poetic about the Vantage for a while. What was your wild card? All right, without uh,
1: without further delay, it's gonna. Well, I don't know how much of a stretch it is. I don't know, Matt, but I've picked three of them. How about an original Acura NSX? Check this Hmm. out. Check this out.
0: Yeah, okay, okay. I see. It's wild, but I like it. Keep going. It's wild.
1: But I'm thinking for that money, go get yourself the nicest one you can possibly get for seventy five. And here's Hmm. what I found. So starting early in the run, a ninety five NSXT with twenty thousand miles, brand new car, Hmm. for seventy five nine. Okay. If you wanted a newer car, you think, all right, maybe they did some upgrades and changes. And then by the 2000s, 01, 02, they changed sure. the headlight design sure. if you wanted to go up. I found a 2000 NSXT, also the Targa, with 38,000 miles for $75,000. And mm. then I found an 05 NSX, 43,000 miles for $62,800. $62, really? Yeah. Wow. And those are the that high end,
0: that's the yeah, nice that, ones. That car's just going to run. That car's just yep. going to run. Yep. I mean, I, I, I hate to say it. I know it's, it sounds cliche for me to say it, but they're, they're almost like maintaining a Honda Accord. They're not, yeah. but it's it's yeah. it's much uh, of the exotic world. It's pretty much let's maintain my Accord while driving an exotic. I like that wild card quite a bit. And it's, I also don't think those cars are going to drop much. I don't think they're going to drop much. Well, I, f- I feel like you've touched for the on next it. five or so years, they're just going to hang out at what you bought it at.
1: You've exactly touched on because they're actually, Matt, there are loads of NSXs for sale, lots of them, more miles, whatever, for lower price. But the really nice ones at the high end, I wonder if those are the next collectible. I really do. And get the real nice ones, the low miles. It's exotic because any NSX is, is exotic. I don't care if mm-hmm. it's a beat down. You see an NSX and you go, oh, an NSX. Mm-hmm. It's it's just such a special cool car, and Todd and I love driving them. Now they don't have the power that's even close to the list that you sent to us. Even my Cayman has more power than those cars.
0: Yeah, and Todd yeah. and
1: I don't care. It's so well, much fun to drive.
0: And it's, in this instance, that's irrelevant. It's yes. irrelevant.
1: Yeah, I I think that could be the Ferrari three hundred and sixty but not it's it's the car that would be you know in place of your the Ferrari 360 on your list but without all the Ferrari worries the maintenance headache the oh you scratch my Ferrari it's well you scratch my NSX but yeah okay
0: i have to applaud you i think that is one of the strongest wild cards we've had in a while that is very strong i like that a lot
1: well thank you that's that's where i left it just the aston and then the nsx if it's you know hey maybe an investment car or just go enjoy it, and you roll up hot in an NSX, I mean, yeah, come yeah. on. that That's just still a looker. It is. I love
0: those things. That's a car, honestly, I, I will say this about your wild card. You pull up at a, to a winery, I don't care what hot cars are in the parking lot of a winery, the NSX starts a conversation. Absolutely. It just does. It's one of those cars that is simultaneously exotic and accessible and classic all in one package. You'll get in a conversation about your NSX. If you don't want to have a conversation, don't get an NSX. But I do think there's a conversation starter with that car very yeah. quickly.
1: Yeah. Anyway, uh, what else did you have before we uh, move on to Joe here?
0: No, no. We have fully covered everything okay. I had. My, okay. my favorite right. was the Vantage with the Jaguar F-Type as the understudy. I think the 4C <laughs> would be my wild card there because it does what you've recommended with with what's the alternate to the Ferrari. 4C is my wild card. Your wild card of the NSX is superb. Matt, let us know what your dad is thinking. Uh, I'm assuming your dad is listening. Hello, Dad. Uh, what would you yes. and your wife like to drive to a winery? That <laughs> sounds like a good. That sounds like a good day, by the way. That sounds like a superb way to spend your weekend. Let's find the perfect car. Uh, let us know, guys. We'd be very curious to hear.
1: That's a URL. What would you and your wife like to drive to a winery com? And here's the and it's, list of cars. It's, it's,
0: it's.org, because it's a public service. That's it true. Really it is a public yeah. service. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. <laughs> all right, moving on to Joe's dad in Houston, Texas. And yes, we're excited to help you out, Joe, and your dad as well. He is also looking for a new weekend driver and has never really had a sports car. What he mm-hmm. has had is exclusively white SUVs, all white. So imagine all these cars in white. A suburban, yep. a forerunner, Sequoia, Saturn View, Lexus LX, Lexus GX, a Tahoe, and a Forester, all in white.
0: Can can I can hmm. I, I I have to interject here? <laughs> um, Andre Agassi at the height of his career had a bunch of sports cars, and they were all white. I didn't know that. Um, well, he had hair oh, yeah. too, but uh, you know, Joe's yeah, that was a separate thing. Yeah, they had white cars and hair. Anyway, uh, Joe. Joe Joe and Joe's dad, can I Can I please, can I please ask you, whatever this car is, let's not get white.
1: Agreed. Let, let's, get,
0: let's get, and, and I'm going to say, don't get gray or silver either. Let's go for a color. Mm. You're going to get a sports car, let's go for a color. And that color can be dark, go for a nice dark blue. Uh, whatever. But, but my point is, let's get a sports car with a color. This is my challenge to you. We have as much as 30 grand. He's saying maybe the Paul limiter is 32. Talk somebody down. But maybe as much as 30 grand. So we're dealing in at a price point where there's still a lot of good options, a lot of used options. I'm going to stick with, please get a color. That's my biggest thing. <laughs>
1: it's, get anything, yes. but get a color. I, I hear you. Uh huh. I hear uh-huh. you. All righty. Well, his dad has always loved Porsches, 911 and Boxsters, which Mm -hmm. I totally understand. And apparently he loved the Z3 when it came out. So he's looking for convertibles. I think you're hearing convertibles here in in the selection process. And, of course, we want to get your dad into something he loves as well. And so I've got one at the high end here. I started with an M3 Cabriolet. Get this. I found you mm-hmm. a black okay. 08 M3 cabriol- cabriolet with only 23,000 miles for 379. Now that's on the high end, mm-hmm. but I just wanted you mm-hmm. to know that 08 okay. M3 Cabriolets yep. with right. 23,000 miles are now 37. dollars come nine. that
0: low. That is surprising. <laughs> I agree. OK, yeah, we're a little bit out. We're a little bit above, but I but I take your point. A- we're a we're almost out. reaching that world. I see where you're going. OK, yep. keep going.
1: Yep, that had a DCT, but I'm guessing you can get a manual transmission for similar money. Then I pulled mm-hmm. it back to the E46. Uh, convertibles from 04, 33,000 miles are now 26 mm. grand.
0: Just wow. saying.
1: Just saying. They're Interesting. Still, okay. All still right. kind of yeah. fun. And then I had to finish up with Boxters here. Uh, I went with 08 and 2010. So in there, IMS is no longer an issue. They'll be great. I found you a very beautiful deep red, that plum wine color, since we've been okay. talking about yeah. wineries. Uh. Yeah, 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 yeah. Plummy, whiny, that real deep, beautiful. No, red. that's a
0: good. That's a that's an atypical color, but it's a great color on that car. Yeah. I mean, uh-huh. imagine it
1: on a Boxster S, thirty four thousand mm-hmm. miles for twenty nine grand. I'm almost calling it right there. I mean, that's
0: that's a that's a great call. Here's the thing: I I, I do have to say that I, I'm going to agree with you. Another one. We're we're agreeing a lot tonight. That's strange. Yeah, this is I crazy. do have to say, honestly, Joe, for your dad, why isn't he looking at Boxsters? Well, yeah. If he, if loves he them. likes the Porsche, if he likes the Porsche brand, he has thirty grand in his pocket. Used Porsche Boxsters all day long. Paul is proving it already. He's found you a car already. Yeah. And and the fact that you're finding ones that are that are recent enough that the IMS isn't even on the discussion point. Yeah. Yeah. You're fine. I, that's that car's just going to run. It's just going to run. Yes, it will require regular maintenance at all the intervals. Of course. But it's of not going to just break down. And they're they're comparatively. Affordable compared to their MSRP, they're like half now, which is shocking.
1: Oh, yeah. I think
0: the Boxster is such a good contender here. And if you're gonna go fun car, I mean you you've brought up you brought up this world. The other thing that's interesting side note here is that Joe said I love this. That his dad wants to be very careful to avoid anything that has a boy racer perception, <laughs> and then he calls out the FRS as the king of that world. So I will, hey, so look, I, as I've said before, I have an orange teenager's car. I get it. So uh, yeah, so we're gonna avoid that kind of stuff. But the Boxster avoids that. The Boxster is not the least bit boy racer. Absolutely. You could get a nine, you could get a nine nine seven convertible for this price too, if you really want to stay Porsche. Hmm. I think the Boxster is better in this discussion. I do too. I If
1: I you're agree. just going to
0: go dedicated, fun car, you like convertibles, let's just go for the dedicated two-seat fun car and go with a Boxster. Was that, sorry, that one you had, was that a Boxster or Boxster S?
1: S. And again, you've touched right on that. Even I wanna, better. I want you to get into the S. I don't want you to just have the base Boxster, Joe's dad. I want you to be in the S, and so that's specifically what I look for. Because regular boxers are even lower than that, which is great, and they're fun. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But the Mm -hmm. S is just all that much better. And uh, the other one I found was a 2010, so even newer, 36,000 miles for 32K, Bang on mm. your Paul limiter there, black, and it's got the turbo wheels on it as well. So, mm. Ooh, that'll nice, be pretty. Yeah. nice upgrade. Yeah, yeah. Black on black, really just sweet looking. Such a sweet ride, and uh, they're right in that sweet spot, twenty nine to thirty two, right in there. So,
0: mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: I, I I kind of am gravitating towards the deep red. I just I really like that color. That's, on yeah, that's pretty. That's Porsches pretty and for sure. Ferraris, for and sure. Whatever it is, it's just so classy and sophisticated. Right. And you know, moves it to the next level. It's just like oh, I
0: agree, yeah. I agree. I yes, and we're away from white cars, which I'm pleased to hear. <laughs> yes. uh, so I have a couple others. Do you have any others? I have a couple others. I want to one of that's where
1: up, I landed. Though. I just I thought okay. I threw out the M3 cab thing just for mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know comparison purposes. But if you're already thinking yeah, yeah. the Boxster and Porsche brand, we're gonna nudge you and encourage you and curate this. I mean, we're we're gonna push you towards well, what but- you love.
0: But but here's yeah here's here's the key thing. I mean we're, we're talking about with Joe's dad. We're talking about a guy that is looking at a fun car for the first time. Has owned a string of SUVs, and he's always this is in the email. He's always loved the Porsche brand. He's always kind of lusted after those cars. So there's a part of me that just goes, well, let's just bucket list solve that while we're at it. If if that yeah. if that brand is yeah. lingering out there as something you'd like to own, allow us to be the guys to get, look. If if it was. You said Lexus or Jaguar or whatever that was your brand you kept lusting after. We would back that play. It's not because it's Porsche. Sure, it's it's the reality of the fact that if you're at a place where you could make that happen, we are going to be your permission slip to make that happen. <laughs> so I exactly. and, and I love Paul that you have found a really good boxer. I think the boxer is the right call if we're going to be the Porsche brand. I will bring up two two or three others though. All right, non-Porsche. All right. Joe's dad's a big guy. He's six feet tall. Weighs over 200. He's our sized, okay? That's the reality of us. He's kind of intrigued by the new Miata, the the ND Miata. I say, please go drive that. You could get yourself a new one with your budget. Please go drive that car. See what you think. Also, I'm going to say this. See if you could fit in the RF, because the RF is awesome. I can't fit in the RF at 6.3, and it makes me bummed. But uh, try Hmm. the RF and see if you could maybe fit in that. I think you need to give that car a look. But while you're at it... Please also go drive. Haven't recommended this before, but the Fiat, uh, the Fiat One Twenty Four Spider. You need the to Fiata. drive that also. Yeah. Exactly. You got to drive the Fiat because slightly different engine choices, slightly different personality, but it's it's a Miata in an Italian suit. I mean, that's really what it is. It is so yeah. if you're gonna drive the Miata, and I think you should drive the Fiat, the One Twenty Four Spider as well, because I think that's a good alternative. Either of those cars, you're talking about maybe getting a new one for this price, which is great. So I think that's good to look at. And then I have to go wild card. I I have to go wild card. All right. All right. I'm curious. And it's wild card only because I feel like it's an obvious, but maybe you don't want to be obvious. C7 Corvette convertible. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah why not? I mean, you know, if, if we're talking about, we're talking about, okay, let's get a first time. It's, it's Houston. You're in Texas. Vets are great there. You could probably find a great used one. The C, the C6 Corvette was a really good Corvette. The convertibles are nice. Maybe you could find yourself I'm just thinking out loud. What about a convertible C6 Grand Sport? Could you find one of those for the for the 30s? Oh, that, uh, Wouldn't that be great? That'd be Wouldn't interesting. Wouldn't that be great? Yeah. So I and I and I will admit, Joe, I haven't dug around the Houston area as much as I I could for that reality, but that would be my recommendation. Get a really nice C6 or a or a Grand Sport if you could, convertible. That car is really excellent. Now, that's a little bit wild card. Uh, Obviously, it's the exact other side of the coin from Porsche as far as feel and perception. But those C6s are good. They really are. And I feel like you have to bring that car up. And it's the Corvette for all of its dynamics. I hate to say it. it, Nobody looks at that car and thinks boy racer.
1: Oh, yeah. No, the the
0: downside is the equation is you think retired guy that can't drive it fast. That happens, too. That, that is the perception if you're going to have a perception problem. But the C6 vet is a genuinely good car. The co- convertibles are cool. I think it's got to be on the drive list to give it a look. I love the boxer you found, Paul, but I'm, I'm going to add those guys as well.
1: I was just sitting here uh, doing the 2017 124 Spider of Abarth. I was on the website building my own, and I came up with a net mm-hmm. price of 32180 one eighty, and that was – Fairly well optioned the safety and comfort collection. So there you go. Uh I even got the red uh the red Brembos uh cool. The brakes yeah. on there and uh yeah. you could get a new one. And I think they're really cool looking. I mean you could go wild and get that black hood thing, which
0: if you're iron, yeah. I don't get the black hood thing. Totally. I know you like that. I'm just sitting here going, dig You've it. got a black hood. Anyway, but totally uh, yeah, if you're gonna look at the Miata, you've got to look at that one twenty four as well. So hopefully, uh, guys, uh, both uh, Joe and Matt, we hope we've helped you and your dads a little bit. Uh, let us know uh, where you wind up on this. And we just encourage finding that fun car. That is so cool. Absolutely. We should try to go on to questions. Have you noticed, by the way, I had to stop at one point on mm. questions tonight because I realized we had like two or three podcasts worth of good questions. I marked down like six And I was still barely getting started.
1: I agree. I almost feel like we're going to have to come back and revisit those. Or you guys are going to have to repost these because we're up to 30 comments as of right now. And, man, just there's no way we can get to them all. Uh, Mm -hmm. I've got to just jump right in because low-hanging fruit. (laughs) Wood Heron is asking about my opinion of the new rumored M2 Special Edition versus the Porsche Cayman GT4 RS. Love, 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 of course, but I don't think I'd ever be able to afford them. I maybe, I hope to, but I come back to the GTS and the reason I got the Cayman GTS is mm-hmm. because of the mix between really on the edge and coming back to sport. Both those cars would are going to be pretty focused track cars. They're gonna be amazing.
0: True. true. But, yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: You know, say any of us own them, you're not really gonna want to just take it out. I mean, you would because we're we're car people. You totally would. I get that. But yeah, yeah. just from a, you know, hey, I've got the they're not comfort cars. They're not just, run errands cars. I they're just not, need to go out. I, I, I need to go to the grocery store. Exactly. Yeah, I, get it. I you, do. You mm-hmm. you'd leave it alone, and therefore it might sit more than you'd think. And, you know, just, oh, well, maybe I'll just wait for a nice spring day, and then, you know, you're driving it even less. So, yes, amazing, awesome. I would love to own them. But, I am i mean, even the GT4 Cayman seems like, wow, you know, pretty hardcore. That's your track car. That's your third car after, you know, the family stuff. And (laughs) that might be a fourth car, to be honest.
0: Yeah, okay. You know,
1: should you really be able to swing that? But... Awesome, amazing, love it. But you know, if you want to just pull it back, that's why I'm just kind of landing on the M2. Just that be mm. great. Sure. Amazing. fun, sure. Okay. Usable. All, right. all that. So.
0: Well, speaking of cars, uh, questions that relate to cars we own. Uh, James McRee asked this question on a couple different platforms, and I, I have to respond to it partially because it's a good question, and also because I think there's a mo- moment of confusion in it. He said, "Do we think that Toyota should build a Lexus version of the GT86?" And then he said, "Maybe with a two-two uh, two plus two configuration like Infiniti had in the G37." I'm going to stop right there, real quick, James. The GT86, the FRS, is a two plus two. It is. If, technically, if yes. you don't realize that already, I mean, it's it's it is more than just two seats. In fact, I was at a car show not that long ago. And uh, was showing the car to a couple people. Let me actually, I should be more clear. My son was showing the car to a couple people. He walks up to random people <laughs> at a car show and wants to tell them about our really cool orange FRS. And some people are very nice and accommodating. So he was showing, uh, but he was actually showing the car to some people, and they then turned to me and said they were surprised because they didn't ever realize a that it had back seats and b that the cabin is as big as it is. The yeah, car does right. hide that really pretty well. Look, he's seven. My wife can't sit comfortably in front of him in the passenger side. They can both sit about 80% of the comfort level they'd like, and we can all three of us go somewhere. So it's already a two plus two. It's obviously not a hugely spacious car. It's great for two people. I mean, I'm a big guy, and it's good. So back to the rest of your question, yeah, I think it'd be amazing if Lex. imagine Lexus took that car. Let's just theorize for a second. Lexus takes that exact car. Okay. And they put, Uh, they probably need to turbo it or something, but... Just forget the engine for a second. What if they put the current Lexus, derived from the LFA, looking interior in that car? They covered everything in nice materials, and sold it for thirty-five, forty grand. Why not put Whoa. a put a version of the put a version of the Predator Maw on the front? You may end up with the the little the little brother to the what is it the LC five hundred they just dropped. It's a little brother to that. It's a platform they could use it. I think it's an interesting idea.
1: It is, but I'm going to take a counterpoint. I think the appeal of your car is exactly the price point, and that's why it's built. That's why it is so popular. And I think that for you, my question back to you is: for thirty-five, forty grand, that Lexified GT eighty-six or a
0: Lotus Elise? Oh, for me, it's an obvious. It's right. an obvious Lotus Elise. But I'm right. not the target audience for that car. The car we're talking about to begin with, I'm not. I'm I not. just you end up with. You know, the, I I am I hate to say it. I am on the older end of the spectrum of guys that bought my car. I just that's why I joke about it being a teenager's right, car. Right. Right. The, the people that would buy the version we're talking about are the 45 50-year-old nup. That's who'd buy that car. They they can't spring for the big boy L5 LC500. What I'm getting the name wrong, but the new one that just got dropped. They can't spring for that, but they're getting oh, lesser the Lexus 500, sports car. I think, something like yeah. that. Well, so that's <sighs> That's that's yes. kind of where my head's at. I mean, I, it's never going to happen, but but there's a platform there. I think that's James's point. There's a platform there they could use.
1: They could, but Lexus has never positioned themselves or built any models that are the small, lightweight, chuckable thing. That's not the brand that you associate. It's the luxurious. Even the LC500 that they're doing now is sort of the smallest thing they've ever done, and that's a big coupe. So I, yeah, I just okay. I, mean, I, I don't see it from a product planning standpoint that matches the brand. It's it's up there with, yeah, our, our discussions of Lotus building SUVs and and Craig. Mm-hmm. Thank you for that email, by the way, Craig. Uh, our our Lotus friend wrote in and and uh, told us about that. Um, just you know, cars that you don't think other automakers are associated with, and then you think, eh, not sure if it fits. I, I don't know if that fits for Lexus. I mean, maybe, but then why not buy a Boxster for forty grand?
0: Well, that's the question. Now we're creating the. Uh the problems for a car that doesn't exist. I just I, I think it's an interesting <laughs> right. question, James, and I'm glad you brought it up. Um, and uh, and who knows? I mean, it's never going to happen, but it's an interesting question. I've got a couple others. What else did you have?
1: Zacchaeus wrote in with a question we've never been asked, and that is, okay, what car would you love to try to repo? <laughs> <laughs> wow. I, I uh, hmm. wasn't expecting okay. this, but uh, Zacchaeus, anything in a really sketchy neighborhood late at night? definitely and maybe like a, a monster truck you know a super lifted truck that's you like know that. hard to like reach yeah. and you can't really get the thing down yeah. the window or you know you got to crawl yeah. around it and it's sketchy and it's dark and that would be <laughs> that'd be a movie right there that's our next film it would be we're repoing cars. Yeah,
0: that's that's <gasps> frightening. Every everyday driver goes repoing. That's that's a terrible, terrible <laughs> run! idea. Run! Yeah, I. I She's there got a man. Run! There will be lots of shaky camera movement in that in that piece as we <laughs> run around in the dark. I can almost see what the guys are doing. I'm so glad I paid money for this. Anyway, totally. yeah, okay, all right. That's that's frightening. <laughs> um, well, speaking of odd questions, uh, Michael wrote in and said, "If you had to drive five laps of the Nurburgring," In reverse.
1: Oh yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. Which yeah. car would you choose? And he's clarified it's not like because I've actually thought about this. It would be cool. I think there's a couple of days a year they do this to run the Nurburgring in the opposite direction of that normal. Would, be, so would crazy. be an interesting challenge. That's not what oh, he's talking about though. Yeah, he's talking yeah. about driving it in reverse, like that one guy did recently as a stunt. He's also saying you can't use a backup camera. So okay, five laps in reverse. That was his question.
1: Small convertible. I thought of two
0: cars. Small convertible. Sure. Sure, yeah, OK. That's, That's a great one. That's a great one. So you would do like Miata or Boxster or something yeah. like that, right? Yeah, definitely. OK. I restricted myself inexplicably to cars that had hard roofs, and I came up with two. <laughs> okay. Uh the, the 911 would work. The 911 has a really good bubble cockpit on it, and the back slopes away. That would work great. Yeah. And also the Fiat 500. Yeah, Fiat <laughs> 500 in reverse. It's because you're you're sitting in a in a you know a mini UPS van anyway. As far as the as the the, the seating position feels like, and you've got good visibility. So those were my two. Hmm.
1: Yeah, I can see that. I can see that. I just thought, get all that cheap metal out of my way. Convertible, drop the top. Yeah. Small Miata,
0: sure. nimble. I completely get Miata be great. I totally get that. Absolutely. Yep.
1: You know anything with straight cut gears, so you hear the loud whining all the way around the whole time. Yeah. That'd be awesome. You end, up, you end up
0: shaking. You have PTSD afterward. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly.
1: Well, I love it when you all ask me styling questions. Chris Conway asked me about my feeling about this barrel back look of the 2017 Mercedes GLC and GLA. These coupe like mm-hmm. SUVs, and he's asking how long will this body style last. Well, apparently BMW came with one with uh, with the X6, and Mercedes felt left out of the party so much so they made two on their different platforms two different <laughs> sizes yeah. of this i admit that i kind of like how they look i just kind of do i'm i'm a fan inexplicably but i like the proportions i like them they're not quite the full boxy suv i mean you know how many more boxes can we do back there but this is more yeah, coupe like and i think it's more successful looking and definitely more successful in the interior packaging than the X6. X6 looks cool. As a matter of fact, I know the guy that designed it. He's one of my classmates. It looks cool. The sketches are amazing. But it's completely useless. It's so useless. It's up there with the Acura ZDX. You remember that thing? Didn't you know the guy that designed that as well? I know him too, yep. Uh, yeah. I, I know Damon, a uh, friend of mine as well. And uh, he works for Honda. He did the ZDX. The execution and the concept, great, but I sat back there and I thought, I, I have mm-hmm. to chop my head off, and then I'll be comfortable. Yeah.
0: Yeah. What on earth? No. Yeah. No longer. No longer actually usable SUVs. But yes, I hear you. Mm-hmm. And somehow so, you know um, all the guys designing these cars, which is <laughs> random. But anyway, keep going.
1: Well, Chris, I think it's going to last with Mercedes for a while because they've done the packaging, they've achieved the look, but people, real people, can still sit back there, and it's still a fair amount of space. That GLE mm-hmm. is huge. It's, it's too big, but I like it inexplicably. And I think that'll continue with Mercedes, at least. I don't know that other car manufacturers will adopt it. I mean, we're seeing the Alpha Stelvio, and that's a different look. Um, mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. Cayennes and Macans and all that kind of stuff, they go in a different direction. But Mercedes might keep that around for a while, and uh, I think it's successful. I'm starting to see them around a lot, as a matter of fact. So I think they'll hang on to it for a while.
0: Interesting. All right. Well, I've got two others I definitely want to cover, um, but there's – honestly, I've got like five or six I wanted to cover, but I think based on the fact we're already in an hour. Yeah, we are. Uh, so I've wow. got two others. One I w- want to talk about, uh, our, our poor friend Derek Miller. Did you notice this question? Um, <laughs> we've, we've, we've given our friend Derek a problem. See, Derek uh, is a patron. Derek went with us on last year's Pilgrimage Adventure. Derek is now shopping for Lotus Elise's. Um, we, we are leading <laughs> yeah. Derek down a very bad, dark alleyway. So Derek, <laughs> thanks for joining us. Uh, and I'm sorry. To your wife, I'm sorry. Anyway, but, so he asks this question. He says you know, he loves the idea of a weekend warrior car, that you're, you da- you're daily driving your fun car, and then you take it as a weekend warrior car, and you put it on the track. He loves that idea. And I think we all kind of like that idea. Yep. But he's asking, what's the tipping point? What's the point at which your daily car you are tracking every now and then needs to transition to where you have a car you daily drive? It's probably also fun if you listen to this show. But then you have a dedicated track car. Now, Derek, is this? Are you asking for a friend here? <laughs> um, but but I do want to try. I do want to try friend. to cover this. He's asking: Is there like a track days per year where there's a tipping point? This is my take on this idea. I don't think it has anything to do with how often you track your car. I think the answer here is how competitive are you wanting to be? Because if Mm. you're just going to have fun, to drive on a track because you can, you're you're fine to put on tires, you're fine to put on brake pads. Those are consumables. You're enjoying your car on the track. You're going to drive it every day otherwise. And you're just enjoying the fact that you get to drive it as fast as you feel comfortable any time it's a track day. Don't make it a track car. But if you said to me, you want to start competing in your class, you'd like to be winning, you want to be one of the fastest drivers there, that to me is the tipping point. Because now, the things that car is going to need are going to make it less and less usable as a daily driver. Yeah. So I think it's a headspace thing, not a number of track days thing.
1: That's great advice. And Derek, hope you're well. Thanks for writing in. Yeah, Derek joined us on The Pilgrimage, as Todd mentioned. And uh, I I agree I'm I'm with you and it depends on how much you want to extract how much performance and how much feel you want to extract out of that on the track if it's I really want to start feeling this maybe it's not about lap times maybe it is I just want to you know feel that so much more and dive into the car's characteristics whereas a family sedan not really doing it for me but this car might well then that's your cutoff and then. You know, from there, as Todd's saying, competitive. I think your your advice is spot on. You know, how far down the rabbit hole do you want to go? So I, I yeah, like yeah, because
0: I mean, it, days that you can enjoy your car. You know, I'll, I'll give you I'll give you a personal one. When we went out and and we did laps of my car. The FRS during yeah. Yeah. the wide open Wednesday. Yeah. We were hooning my car around. It was the street car on, uh, it was at that point, it was on AS3s. It wasn't even on Super Sports. Yeah, all seasons. The guy that was our instructor had a BRZ that he turned into a complete track car. And his purpose was, I want to win And that car now had canards and fins and superchargers and stripped out stuff in the interior and a cage. And he was actually incredibly competitive in the local NASA races with essentially my car gone track duty. Right. But yet you and I were hooning my car around and passing people in corners with a fully stock and not even on great summer rubber FRS. Yeah.
1: So there's fun. It was great,
0: and we had ridiculous. That's the thing; we had ridiculous fun. If we kept doing that every week, why not? So, uh, yeah, that's that was even from personal experience, Derek. Hopefully, that's helpful.
1: Agreed. Well, I will uh, end my uh, questions here with Goran's question to us, and that is
0: that was my last one too. Perfect,
1: fantastic. Well, then we agree, Goran. Thank you so much for writing in. He asks us, "What is the first car y'all drove when you realized what a truly fast car really is?" And his problem is that he thought his V6 Accord was quick, and now he's driven a Mustang GT. So, yeah, you're screwed, buddy. <laughs> the more cars you drive that are fast, you're going to have to keep resetting the bar. Mm-hmm. For me, mm-hmm. uh, you might think it's Porsche, but it was the McLaren 12C that we drove on the Autobahn. Interesting. That's Interesting. a fast car, and it made me feel, yeah. feel the speed. Whereas mm, okay. Porsches do the speed thing, and sometimes – until you really get up there, you're not feeling it as much. I could feel every inch of it, all of it. And I just, I fell in love with McLaren's, strangely. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I never talk about them because I can't afford one. I hope to one day, maybe, but sure. I, yeah. 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 You know, I, yeah, they're just, they're insane. They're beautiful and amazing. And they're, they just, that really spoke to me. And I love what I, I noticed in the Evora and thought it was the Evora amplified to 11, and I just sure. I was amazed. Sure, So mm-hmm. McLaren, that That's is excellent. All right.
0: fast. <laughs> yeah. That's excellent. That's excellent. I thought of a couple. Actually, one of them just struck me as we were talking here, but the one I wanted to talk about is a car we don't talk about much, but but it was early on in the show, and it was one of our first press cars. Okay. And it's a car I don't discuss much uh, in the positive, but it absolutely wins for me in this question, Goran, and that is when we first got a press car GTR. Yeah, Yeah, it was just that was the whole week we had that car. I just kept having moments where I would do something in the car and then like three or four seconds later, my brain would go, wait, what? (laughs) Yeah, I mean, it was just it was hammering me with capability at a level that to that point in my life I had not experienced. Now, I've driven cars that are every bit as quick and uh, do a little things better here and there and all that kind of stuff since. But that was a car that when I drove it i was I was just completely floored at the staggering speed and capability of that car, so the g t r blew it out of the water for me and and so that was one that really just kind of if you will kind of reset my expectations That's a good in one. a big big way yeah um and then another one I have to mention because it was so unique and I was so aware that there was so much available with the car that we weren't getting anywhere close to was the extra car that we added to fifty years of nine eleven. Oh
1: yeah. The
0: nine nine seven GT3 RS40.
1: Yeah, that was fast. We drove
0: that car, we drove yeah. it hard, we drove it quickly, and I still felt like it was going, are we going to do something? Or let's <laughs> I mean, when are we gonna like do something that matters here? I kept feeling like I was almost boring it. And I and we were moving. So that was another one that I was just like, this is operating at a level that I have not experienced, and I would like some more of that.
1: <laughs> I agree. I forgot about that car. That was pretty fast. I really like that one. I, I, remember Great place my, to uh, end. I remember my neighbor, when we had that GTR sitting in the driveway, and my neighbor
0: mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. looked
1: at my black Cayman at the time, and based on looks <laughs> alone, he was saying, oh yeah, I bet that Porsche will beat the Nissan. And I'm thinking, are you kidding me? The Nissan will stomp yeah, you- this thing like a bug. It'll yeah you
0: sir don't it. know the GTR yeah very true very <laughs> you true. know okay.
1: y- the GTR if you don't know what it is you don't think it'll do what it does and you know based on looks alone he's like oh yeah that porsche is probably faster and I'm thinking no way the porsche is gonna be left in the dust but um, well yeah, it's funny that, that, that so you had funny. A, a
0: funny conversation with your neighbor when we had that car because I did too I had it parked in my garage in LA and at the time I had my 300 my 300 uh, Zx. And when I got the press car from you, I left my 300ZX at your house.
1: Oh, that's right. And I
0: then, so then, as far as my neighbor was concerned, my my garage went from here's your Nissan 300ZX and suddenly upgraded a GTR. And I ended up on the elevator with him, and he went, "Wow, man, Soldier (laughs) Z," and got a got a GTR. And I said, "No, I did not. No, no, that is not my car. I cannot begin to afford it." And he was like, "How do you like it?" And I and I I wasn't even sure at that point what to say because it was such a different category of car. Then I'd driven to that point. So, yeah, very cool. Great question, Goran. Thanks for that.
1: Yep, agreed. Well, guys, the Icon film is doing really well. And uh I would encourage you, if you have not seen this yet, please rent it by the the Blu-ray on Amazon. But on Vimeo.com, you can get the download or rental. And, uh yeah, a lot of you have been enjoying the film. So I'll put it out there again. See that. And it's our ode to BMW M3s, all things m 3 so uh, check that out if you've got a chance. And thanks so much. Uh, write to us with your own car debate at Everyday Driver TV at Gmail and also on the website for car debates. And thank you for the increased creative questions and the Agreed. amount of questions. are yeah, just fantastic. Really, really appreciate it. Uh, so we'll wrap things up there. And uh, thank you guys for listening and watching. In the meantime, Cheers.